Welcome to the Empowering Family Health Podcast, brought to you by your host, Joanne Callahan. In a world of disempowered and struggling families, it is my hope to bring you inspiration, information and support to take back control of your life and live an empowered, healthy and happy life. We will be interviewing parents, doctors, health experts and professionals in all areas of health and well-being and my aim is to transform you into the masters of your family's future. Okay everybody you're very welcome to another episode and today I have an incredible person with me today Aaron O'Dowd and Aaron O'Dowd he is based in Limerick and I've done an awful lot of work with Aaron in the past and we're involved in an awful lot of groups together so we'll dive into that maybe a little bit throughout the conversation but just to start, Aaron, you are so welcome and thank you for taking the time out to spend with us this afternoon. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for letting me on, having me on the show, Joanne. Brilliant. Fantastic. Aaron, let's start off with, tell us a little bit about who you are. Tell us a little bit what you really care about in the world, what you're really passionate about and, and who you are. Tell us, tell us a little bit. So as you mentioned, I'm from Limerick. I don't sound like I'm from Limerick because I lived, my parents and my family lived in America and then Taiwan and they came back to Ireland. So I've lost the Limerick, true Limerick accent. And I think uh, if you're wondering, well, he's from Limerick, but he doesn't sound like from Limerick. Limerick <laughs> that's why. A mixture. <laughs> yeah, it's a hybrid uh, uh, American slash Irish. So I, I, to, ask, to answer your question, I love food i love video games i love training i love all sorts of stuff i'm kind of like describe myself as a renaissance kind of guy who has a burning curiosity to discover everything and un and understand the true component and the mechanics of, of everything but if we could dial down what i do i'm a i'm a podcaster i'm a triathlete used to be a rower but now a triathlete i love cooking food i love watching tv uh, and I, I just love technology and video gaming. Like my dad worked for Dell Computers, so I oh. grew up in the age of seven uh, with computers. Where we, I have stories about where we're putting computers into freezers so we can let the fan cool for the night oh before, and all sorts of crazy, crazy stuff. So I grew up when the tech bubble was at the at the at the prime where. You know, you had the likes of PDAs, which are now smartphones you see today. You know, these these massive computers that are like they take up half the room. And I, I learned all about computers. And Isn't it incredible how much technology has evolved? Or even on the last 20 years, sure, the internet only came out around, what, 1990s? You know, yeah. what did we do before then? <laughs> yeah. And it, it's funny, we, uh, we lived in Austin, Texas, a little bit outside Austin, Texas. And I had a friend whose dad was a game designer and I got the passion and love of video gaming where we'd spend, we'd go on a, a weekend uh, sleepover and we'd spend two days playing video games and food. The only time we got up was bathroom. You had the food in front of the computer screen, you had everything and you spend two days just playing video games. And that's where my, my passion of video games came about, unfortunately. I can't, I can't play play them now, but it it is pretty. I love that, and uh, that sounds like a blast. How old were you when when you were doing all that? I was about nine or ten. Wow! Oh my god! And what was your favorite video game? Can you remember? <laughs> <laughs> Am I showing up your age now? <laughs> 
Um, I, I got discovered to Halo. Uh, so this was the time when the Xbox came out, World of Warcraft for the PC. We played, like, we played all, like, he'd have, like, five or six different consoles from the PlayStation to the Xbox, the Nintendo, Game Boy, computers. Oh, my gosh. It was just, like, a treasure trove of video games. And, but we played, mainly played War, World of Warcraft on the PC, and it was just, it was, it was crazy. And My favorite oh, one was, uh, I don't know if you know it, and, and I wasn't really a big um, video person, 19, was it 1942 it was the world it was the the planes and you shoot the planes down that one <laughs> that, was, that was one of my favorite ones i just remember it was just planes going around and loop de loops and you just shoot them down that was uh-huh. one of my ones and uh and pac-man of course <laughs> <laughs> that's as far as i went with video games <laughs> yeah 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 so so you used to live in america in in texas is that where you said yeah i was i went to what was that like that was interesting because I like I, I was educated in the American primary school of America, which is elementary school. So I did from probably second grade to about fifth grade. Wow. And, you know, I tell people that like I got a lot of taxis to go training in different spots and they tell me what it was like to do this. And I said, look, you know, our education system in Ireland, I think, is is more relaxed in America and more relaxed in Ta- than Taiwan. But it, it was interesting, you know, it's when you're young you you just like any kid you want to go out and cycle the bike play the video games you don't really have fun have fun and that's and it's funny before we hopped on our call and this entry today i was listening to a a summit the moment about play and movement and coming back to that moment of you know riding the bike playing spending time with the kids or the family or whatever and just enjoying it and that's i think what that time was at that at that moment you know yeah and getting outside getting the fresh air and the, the vitamin d there's the sunshine uh, <laughs> as well really really important i think a lot of kids are missing out on that now with all this technology and sometimes technology is not too bad i think it's just that there's a, a time and a place and and a way to kind of use it to really respect i think there needs to be a big respect for technology and um, because it's getting really advanced and uh, people nowadays can get very hooked on it i think you know with all that that dopamine release that causes us to be addicted to facebook and all those other things as well so it is great and there's a great advancement coming with technology but with great things comes great responsibilities as the saying goes um and and aaron you mentioned that you were in um you're in various different countries as well so you're in america and taiwan as well so when did you come to ireland to actually live so um about 2004 um so it's interesting like we moved back to america because sars broke out in taiwan so we had to leave the country and uh it was very interesting scene when i compare it to now but so we moved back to taiwan after and when it kind of that died down we spent the the remaining time then probably 2003 and Late 2003, early 2004, the summer of that, we, we moved back to Ireland. My mom saw this amazing cottage in the middle of nowhere because we kind of got the, the opinion and experience of the material life that America brings and the organic, spiritual, holistic version of lifestyle living in Taiwan. So we wanted to kind of, uh, A, to be close to family because both parents' family live in Ireland and Beautiful. also to have uh, the countryside of, you know, the holistic living, but yes, being able to enjoy the city as well. So yeah. 
Yeah. And I think a better place than Ireland, you know, you've got the green grass and a lot of people, you know, in Ireland give out about the rain or whatever, but we don't have extreme weathers and we really have a beautiful countryside and beautiful green grass that we can actually walk in. And that's really important as well, you know, bare feet and grounding yourself and all of that. And, you know, you don't get that in some of the other hotter countries. Um, and, and, and you really sound like you really appreciate that and the nature and the outdoors and you really get the whole value of and the importance of that for health. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story. So, um, where we lived in Taiwan, it was uh, it was kind of like uh, out like graystones of of whatever in Dublin. But mm-hmm. you would go out to the park, and the park would have a rollerblading park, and the kids could barely walk, and they have rollerblades attached onto them, and they're they're walking with the rollerblades. You see the grandparents doing the tai chi in the park, which they're nineties. Wow. You see the you you know you see these ropes like are twenty story high, and you're climbing across them, and but the point I, I tell you about this is that, you know, we all search for the holistic lifestyle or the high performance lifestyle, but that is it. It's playing. It's, yeah. it's going out in the morning, doing the Tai Chi or going out to go for a swim or go for a run. Or and I think this is what this pandemic is teaching us or this virus is teaching us that that centered or balance of, yes, you can be a high performer achiever, but there's also other components that we're missing. And I, that's... Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. I think, I think, you know, when we're busy um, worrying about finances, worrying about what's next, the uncertainty, all that, we're in a, a, a different state, that kind of uh, stress response state. And that's uh, impeding us or stopping us from being creative and being innovative, from discovering who we are, what's important to us. And I think you're right with all this slowdown and restrictions, it's really um, causing us to reflect on what is important to us and what is of value to us because there's so many people that don't know their own values and what's important to them, what really makes them happy. Yeah, and you know, happiness is, is what we all look for, but actually we have it in front of us, but we're just blind to see it in front of us, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You talk about um, performance and um, triathlons and rowing. So what, what um, so you're doing a lot of triathlons now at the moment. So what do you get out of that? What, how does that help you in, in your life? Or, you know, what is it that you like about that? So... I'm going to backtrack the story a little bit and talk about my rowing for a moment and then kind of digress into here. So in 2007, I was kind of playing a lot of video gaming and I wanted to kind of go into sports and unfortunately being visually impaired, you're quite limited to a number of sports that you can pick. So mm. I got a letter in the mailbox to say, look, there's this rowing in the local city or near the, near the local city and you were going to do it. So I said, look, I hum and hawed for about a week and I said, look, I'll give it a try. And I stepped on the row machine in, in Castle Connell uh, Rowing Club and I hopped on the row machine and got this love for, wow, this is, this is cool. So yeah. kind of just I get, get out and be active. Um, I was active, but in a different, in a different way, more a, a social, in a social environment. So I, over a period of a year, I got hooked on rowing and I started learning more about it and went straight from club level to international level. I got to do my very first race in the British Indoors Rowing Championship in Birmingham. I won that and broke the record by 32 seconds. God. Yeah, I know. I was even shocked when I saw it the next, the next week. It's like, I did that? I was like, wow. And so over that, over that year, I moved straight, straight from senior to, or from junior to senior and became 
so hooked on the adrenaline rush because living in Taiwan, I kind of got this bug for being a, an adrenaline junkie where you're rollerblading high speed, doing spins, backflips, you name oh, it. Oh, I love that's, it. That's so seeker. <laughs> yeah, so I was kind of kind of trying to fill that adrenaline fix and rowing kind of gave me that adrenaline fix and I've been doing it for about 12 years and then probably last summer I decided that I wasn't getting the joy or the, the fun that I was getting before and there was other problems in the that I was experiencing in the sport. So I I worked with a high-end nutritionist and I said, look, this is what's happening, whatever. And she's like, go do triathlon and whatever. So she gave me contact of a person that's my my guide and trainer at the moment. And I got, I got hooked on that. And that's a year later, I'm enjoying the swimming, the running, the biking. And, you know, yeah, it's, you get to race, you get to enjoy it, but sometimes I find we were in that that state of where your mind's like I don't want any more and your body's like come on come on and but you you understand this kind of this meditative zen component of when you leave the mind go when you have these states of peak and flow it's like wow and yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible how, and it's incredible how we talk to ourselves. And as you say, like when you're in the moment of that running or cycling and you feel like you want to give up, but, but then you talk yourself out of it. Um, and I think, you know, in life, um, we have that little voice inside of our head all the time, talking us out of things. And sometimes that's ego or it's fear or whatever. Um, but when you understand that, as you say, you understand that and you know what you really truly want. And when you are conscious um, as to what is happening, you have more control and more power over achieving whatever that is that you want to achieve in life and having that success. Would you agree with that? I would. I would totally agree. And you know, as a as a rower, I kind of my my biggest problem was mindset. Mindset in races where I I I blast out like a horse uh, for the first five hundred meters of a thousand meter race and the last two fifty three hundred meters, I would just die. But I mean, die in a sense of like I can't do anymore. But I, when I discovered it was mindset that was stopping me because I had the capacity and the, the gas and the power and the speed to finish it. But mentally, I just didn't have it. And I went back uh, there probably two or three years ago. I had a similar problem. Uh, I was at the number one in my team and everything. And I went back to my coach that was training me in the strength and conditioning in and in a hypoxia slash altitude center. And I said, look, this is what's happening. And he spent three months effing and blinding me out of out of everything. When I'm when I started to finish up and say no, I'm done and slow down, and he, yeah. he blinded me for the whole the whole the whole building heard us train between loud music, <laughs> him effing and blinding me. I like come on, on, and and he'd finish up like like his his comment would be like I'm only doing this to motivate you. Like there's nothing wrong between his between you like my job is to get the best performance out of you and if this is required let's do it and and over the space of four months i became mentally grish to a point where i could i could stand that high pressure where you know the body start the mind starts to tell the body i'm you know i'm finished let's go home but the body's saying no no you sit back there and let's and watch tv and i'll I'll do the your feet up (laughs) yeah 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 and and that's what happens and i describe it as like you know think of it as a child a parent has a child and they're going grocery shopping and the child sees chocolate yeah 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 and, yeah. and it says mom mom can I have chocolate the mother says no hush you know we're not getting chocolate come on help me with shopping so the and, mother when you're talking about sort of mother as a role model and 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 who knows best as well um so you could say your coach in this case is 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 like your mother if you like you know in relation to your performance and your uh, sports and and triathlons and, and, and it's really important to have a coach to um, 
because the coach can see things that you can't see. And I suppose their purpose is obviously to motivate you and to help you see, um, to help you see things that you couldn't otherwise see. They, you know, they, they prompt you and they, they get you to discover things. And a coach is really important. And we have coaches in sports, but we also have coaches in other areas of our life as well. And you, you, you obviously believe that a coach is, is vital um, for this high performance. I totally agree, Joanne. I think everyone needs a mentor and a coach. And, you know, through this virus, I've been lots of uh, webinars and masterminds and everything. And the one thing that's standing out uh, as a clear picture is having a coach or a mentor. Yeah, because we just don't know what we don't know, you know, and the coach really helps us to see that because they're looking at it from the outside. It's it's like if you live in a house and your house is dirty and you see that your house is clean and your mother or your father, your your wife or husband comes in and they they can see that the room is not messed, is not tidy, and they say, you know, the room isn't exactly. tidy and the coach and the mentor is doing the same. Look, you're doing excellent, but here's another view and another ex explain explanation of how I can get you better and and yeah yeah the the other the other thing Joanne is we're looking for high everyone's looking for a high performance lifestyle regardless if you're an athlete or a, a multi-million dollar businessman they're always looking for that extra one percent and that's why a coach and mentor are so so valuable absolutely and even like for the entrepreneur um, and and for for most of us now at the moment having to work from home so it requires more discipline, more routine. It's a different structure to our day, especially people who may have children as well, trying to accommodate that too. So uh, really being disciplined and, and having that structure uh, and having an accountability partner or a coach or whatever, but it, you really can't succeed on your own, I don't think. You know, you really do need either, you know, a coach and a team around you as well. And, and just speaking of teams, you know, they do say that the average that uh, you are the, the, the average of the five people that you spend most of your time with. And I think that couldn't be further from the truth. It really is, you know, because you start to act and behave like those people as well and having higher um, ideals and um, wanting to be like them as well. So would you agree with that? Having, you know, really surrounding yourself with people in, in, in your life is, is really a big part of your success. I, I agree 100%. And I think your coaches and mentors mo know more than you, than your family members know about you in some way. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Absolutely. You also talked about nutrition, Aaron. What, um, and you love cooking as well. So what, um, what kind of foods uh, help you with performance? I mean, obviously, you know, natural foods, the junk food, sugar, all that kind of stuff is a no-go. But what kind of, um, what way do you do your diet um, or, you know, to help you with your performance and energy obviously as well if you if you think of a, a as a lamborghini engine or a lamborghini car and it, it has petrol engine and has diesel engine the same thing applies to the body so you know we all have these we all hear these great diets and i'm not going to say they're bad or not but mm. some work for some people and some don't work for other people what i have discovered is that works for me and what i've seen working through the nutritionist that I've been working with based on her own experience and stories and the conversations we'd have is that it comes down to your meat, your fish, your carbs, your veg, your fruit, your nuts, your seeds, and your beans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you get all those nutritions and the nutritional value and the minerals and vitamins and all that. That's, that's really, really super important. And would you believe Aaron, um, well, in my opinion, I think, you know, it's okay to, 
have a slice of cake now and again. And that, that's, that's just me. That's my opinion. But I do believe that, you know, you have to have a certain amount of antioxidants as well and really respect your body and not go all out on cakes and biscuits all the time type of thing. You really have to value your body. And, you know, your body is, um, it, it's always trying to heal and, and repair you and really um, it's, your body is very, very forgiven, but as we grow older, it's, it's not as forgiven. So it's really important that we look after our body and our health and our mind uh, from a young age and continues to do that. And that will help to reduce the impact when we get older. Um, so I guess, um, and sleep is a very, very important part of that as well. Sleep is a really important part in helping to repair the body as well. And obviously, you know that I, I'm a sleep expert and I talk about that as well quite a lot. How would you see sleep or do you sleep very well when it comes to your performance? Do you, you, you obviously value sleep as well in, in, in relation to your performance. Sleep, sleep is the key. It's like, you know, you take your laptop out and you, you plug it in, you leave a charge overnight and it gets to 100% and you, you take it off and you're able to do. I think sleep is that. And I kind of view it more as a tech component because I know tech so well is that if you, if you have a phone and you, you let it run out of power, it has to take a period of time to charge. The same thing if you're, if you're training, if you're working, whatever, we all live a hectic life. And I feel that in order to live a hectic life, we need sleep because if we don't have sleep, it'd be like the car, like uh, how can I get to point A, point B if it only has 10 euros worth of petrol? And, and sleep allows us to get, you know, on top of our food, on top of our nutrition, on top of everything. It's, it's a huge component of how we can survive and perform. You know, the average is eight to nine hours. I know if I don't get eight, at least seven hours, I'm, I'm like a, I can feel later in the day I, I slump even though I eat the perfect diet have a great food so it's it's all about that you know people you get narky Aaron when you don't get enough sleep <laughs> you're not nice to be around I get hangry and that's sleep and that's my hungry. I love hangry. it yeah I love it. that's brilliant <laughs> yeah my husband used that on me as well when I start to get a bit narky oh she's hungry and she needs a little bit of a nap <laughs> it's just so great how people around you know that it's just so brilliant Aaron, you talked about, um, so you have a visual impairment. So what age did that uh, occur for you? When, when did that happen? Okay, so in, my, in the genetic pool of my, of my family, we have a gene called Bardet-Beetle syndrome, and it's, it runs, my both parents have it, and my grandparents are carrier, carrier of this gene. Mm. So what happens is when the, when the baby is born, they're, if they have an extra digit on either their feet or hand, that's an indication of the gene. So I had an extra toe on my left foot and was moved at the age of one. Wow. And from the, from the age of seven, uh, there, you, their uh, individual is diagnosed with a visual impairment called retina pigmentosa. So if you think of your, if your eye as a circle and close it into a fist, that's what's happening over my lifetime. So at so the it's moment, it's actually gotten worse, is it, Aaron? It, it's gradually getting worse regardless of, of what I do. Unfortunately, it's like, it's like if you have a cave and the water is going to collapse through the cave, that's what's mm. happening over this, the space of my whole lifetime. Wow. So how has that impact? I mean, you've done so much, Aaron, in your life. I mean, you wouldn't even just talking to you and listening to you, you know, and what you've achieved so far. You, you, like, it obviously hasn't stopped you. So what is it that made you, um, you know, be where you are today and who you are? Like, it, it hasn't stopped you. I 
so my dad's brother is a lot is in his mid 40s and he has this as well so my dad and my mom when they heard this uh, story that their son would have and their son and daughter would have a visual impairment and it was the exact same thing they realized how what what is the way to design a lifestyle that can a prevent them not to stop what they're doing and also achieve so you know, when we lived abroad, it was all about lifestyle. Yeah, the vision impairment was there. And my parents wanted to understand and figure out how to have vision. And they still want to today, as any as any parent wants their child to, to have the best lifestyle and best mm. ability that they can have. But probably probably um, in 2009, I attended uh, four or five years of uh, child vision, the school for the blind in Dublin. That kind of gave me the skill set mm. of, on top of the dedication ambition and the other things that the, my parents taught me through living with them and saying look yeah this you have a circumstance but that's you can find another way around living it and that's also living in different countries taught me is that you know we can adapt and yeah, yeah. you can't see but adaptation is what the body loves in high performance sport you're adapting the body to be able to perform at the high level so i adapted my lifestyle and continues adapt my lifestyle to to understand the the ability that look i can't physically see but i work the magnification while we're chatting to you i have magnification on i have speech on and that's how i'm able to communicate with you the same way i can travel i can do everything but it just requires a little bit more thinking and thinking outside the box of okay yeah i want to be a podcaster how can I be a podcaster okay i need this microphone that microphone i need a producer so it's thinking outside the box and being able to understand you know i am amazing i'm awesome but yes i have something that's stopping me but i can also become a, an ability to to be the component that we are but also we have our downside like to, to get to this stage where i am at my life takes a lot of mentors coaching people stretching me a lot of holistic therapies but i i do feel that you know, people with disabilities are kind of on the on the different spectrum of the surface where they're they're kind of geniuses in their own way, but unfortunately yeah. society puts them in, in this box and I got a really cool project that that I'm looking at the moment to do that will prevent that to happen. But regarding my life, disability is is part of it, but I view that you know I'm well, not we all have if you think about it on the grander scale of things, we all have disabilities to some extent you know like we all have like a limitation if you like mm. and they'd be like challenges that we have to overcome and so for many people they're just stopped like I have this and therefore I can't do that um but you Aaron are just you don't even go there I mean you may have days like all of us um but you know how to get out of it. You know who to reach out to. You have your coaches, you have your mentors, you have a lot of networking groups that you're surrounding yourself with. You're in the, the Outstanding Network. You're doing a lot of work with Leslie Fieger, who's incredible. We have to give Leslie a mention. Yeah. <laughs> and Declan Dowling as well, our mastermind group. So like you're involved in, in so many great um, groups and where people are always willing to help and it's just incredible, you know, and we do, we are as human beings, very adaptive and we thrive on that really. And we need to allow our bodies to naturally instinctively adapt to new opportunities, if you like, uh, rather than being stuck because as human beings, we don't like to be stuck as such, you know? So 
Aaron, you've just achieved so much from the, the rowing, the, the triathlons, the podcast, and now you're venturing into a new project now at the moment as well. It's just incredible, Aaron. And I'm sure you um, reward yourself very often as well, and you do acknowledge yourself for everything that you've achieved. I, sh- I sure do. And that's, that's one very viable, important, you know, it's like you have all the Lego pieces, but if you don't acknowledge acknowledge the things that you do even even if it's a bad event like when i used to race every every year every time how i acknowledge depending either good or bad i get a pizza oh brilliant yes mine is a mocha mine is a mocha (laughs) small you know but it's really important because it makes you feel good you know it raises all those uh, endorphins and the 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 serotonin and everything and that's what you want because the more you do that then the body will automatically expect that good feeling you know when you and it's just so important so pizza is yours any particular flavor <laughs> I, I love i love everything but i'll tell you a really funny funny story so i, I i'm a reiki therapist and i did a, an event up in dublin this was at the time when i was learning to become a massage a reiki therapist. therapist as well oh my god yeah 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 so i i kind of just i i i did it and not only one person came and the next day i, I, I said look you know so why one person came i'm gonna really treat myself and I had a food blog at the time and I really wanted to go try out a Michelin star restaurant. And I thought, look, I'm going to, I'm going to go really out here. So I went and uh, there's a two star Michelin star restaurant in Dublin called Patrick And I was like, I'm going there regardless. I don't know how to be able to afford it on social welfare, but I'm going there. And it's, it, and that was my reward. But the reason I mention is because I only had one person come to that event, but yet that was an achievement. Yes. And sometimes the achievements are so small that yeah. we bypass them to say, ah, oh, yeah, one person came. I didn't have a whole room and like Tony Robbins would, but one person came. But yeah, I acknowledged that and said, look, yeah. I tried it. It didn't work. Let's move on to the next thing. And that's, and that's one thing about my life. If I could look back, you know, 29 years is that things have fallen on my lap and I've taken them by with two hands and, and ran with them. And other stuff have fallen my lap and it's like, oh no, that's okay. That didn't work. Let's move on. And that's what I think people should look at this moment is that opportunity comes, but how willing are you to take the opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. And and they don't pause, they pass by when you when you don't grab onto them, as Passari would say. Um, so yeah, like the opportunities are always there, but sometimes we're just not ready for them. And uh, but you're obviously ready, you've done the work, you've done the work on 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 your mind and what it is that you want in life that that's really, really important to you. And looking at it as as a possibility rather than that's not possible. And that's what we need to do, Aaron, isn't it really? We need to look at things as a possibility. Otherwise, we'll never believe that it can be, that we can have that, you know. And I just love, Aaron, when come to near to the end of the show, and I just, I really do want to acknowledge you for, because I really admire you, and, and you did a podcast with me on your podcast, The Aaron O'Dowd Show, and you've had some incredible people on your podcast, like really inspiring people, and it's a seriously very inspiring podcast and I really recommend people to go and listen to some of your shows um I was on as I say (laughs) but uh but yeah I mean you've really is there any um any message or any parting words or you know message to people to really help empower them to really live the best possible life you know and uh you know something that you any kind of a message that you want to give to people yeah, you know, life life knocks us, and we we have the capacity to 
be a genius or be someone homeless on on the street and we have we have the choice and in, in having the choice you know we can we all have the tool set to meditate to eat sleep we have all the tools in front of us but it's how far are you going to to take that step to say look this is not perfect i'm gonna fall and if i fall seven times i'm gonna get back up in the eighth time and when i get back up in the eighth time i'm going to figure out how i can make this happen if your passion passion is extraordinary to it's kind of the fuel in some way and i would like people to say look you know don't don't feel like you're going to be the next whoever in a day it'll take a long long journey and in the journey you're going to fall you're going to crash you're going to have success you're going to have failure you're going to have stories where where you're going to tell your grandparents or your kids or whoever that you know or on interviews or podcasts this happened and yet when we all have that moment of where it's our last breath have we achieved everything have we take taken everything to the max have we no regrets and that's how i think people should live is that you know live live like there's no tomorrow and oh, beautiful and i think that's the parting message i like to tell people oh, what a way what a powerful way to end aaron really and truly and you're so right you know every time you fall down i mean you look at a little child when they were starting to walk and they were determined, you know, they just kept getting up and kept going until they eventually walked. So never give up, keep going, keep moving forward. And every fall that you take, learn from that experience to grow. And that's really what it is, having a growth mindset. Um, Aaron, I really want to thank you for, for today. Where can people find you? They can find me on Facebook at Aaron O'Dowd or any of the other social platforms, or they can go on to the AaronO'Dowd.com to listen to the podcast, subscribe, join the email list and all that kind of jazz. So, oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Aaron, thanks a million for taking the time to talk to us today. I really thoroughly enjoyed it and listened to your story and sharing your wisdom and your insights. So thank you very much, Aaron. Thank you, Joanne. Thank you for joining us on the Empowering Family Health Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, please subscribe to the upcoming cast. And remember to share with your friends so that they too can be empowered.